Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. conversation I have often with some business owners is you don't have to be big to be profitable. Profit is not a measure of size. You know, there's gross revenue and then there's profit. What's in between is going to determine you know, how much money you make, but it comes back to asking yourself what you value. Like one of the things that I value that I think is as important as currency, and I've done a couple shows on this, is relationships. To me, relationships are important. At the end of the day, take all my money from me, but if I've got good, close relationships, I'm fulfilled. Welcome back to another episode of Building Us. I am Eric Garcia, financial advisor, joined with my co-host, Dr. Matt Morris, family therapist. And today we have uh, another guest, Dr. Ben Deshera. Rather than me introduce him, I'm going to let him share a little bit about uh, about himself and his business. Ben? Yeah, thanks guys for having me on. Um, so I was born and raised uh, in New Orleans. Um, I went to LSU. Um, after LSU, I went to Texas Chiropractic College in Houston. Um, and I realized quickly how unique South Louisiana is. So I did my best to move back as fast as I could from Houston back to New Orleans. Yeah. I've been practicing in Metairie um, ever since. So um, I'm a husband, a father, and a sports chiropractor. So we focus on um, – we have we see professional athletes all the way down to the weekend warrior um, and, and everything in between. And so um, I just really enjoy – the, uh, being able to help people, especially in a, in a natural way. Um, and so I've been practicing now for about 11 years and, um, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a, a great journey and I'm looking forward to uh, continuing that journey. So that's, uh, that's about it, man. Now, now, Dr. Ben, help us out with some lingo here. We were trying to figure this out earlier. Is it, is it chiropractic, chiropractics, what, uh, if, yeah. if somebody practices, yeah. what, what's the word that you use? So chiropractic is not a word, Dr. Matt. Um, <laughs> I but just made that up. So, so <laughs> it's uh, so chiropractic is so it, the DC behind a name is the doctor of chiropractic. Um, so I'm going to receive chiropractic care. Um, going to see my chiropractor That's, later today. You're going to practice chiropractic. Chiropractic. All not right. Thank you. Thank you we were we were making up, up all kinds of yeah. you know let yeah. me let me let me I want to take the I want to take the fall I want to take the fall for that I don't want Matt you know he's a doctor and you know with 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 the doctors comes that prestige of, of of high intelligence that was a question that I asked Matt earlier so Matt I'll take the fall for that one man I'll I'll, hey, I'll own that one I didn't study that word in school so I don't so I didn't know I may either. say yeah. I may say chiropractic Chiropractic. That's okay. <laughs> if only there was some search engine that you could type in something and it would give you the results of something that you were looking mm. for, you know? Dude, um, somebody should really come up idea. with that. Yeah, that's probably a million dollar idea. Next yes. episode. Well, uh, Dr. Ben, thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being on the show. I'm. Uh, you mentioned that you do sports chiropractic work. Um, with athletes and uh, weekend warriors. I'm one of the weekend warriors uh, who have also been a patient of yours and have have benefited from your care. Um, I know that a lot of uh, – um, there's a lingo in your field 
the, the, the word adjustment gets used a lot. You know, they need to adjust that or you need an adjustment. So I want to kick off the show today with asking you all about an adjustment that you've had to make recently in your own attitude. So, you know, it's been a rough summer. It's been a rough spring. What, you know, what kind of attitude adjustment have you had to make? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And uh, initially, there was this, you know, down here, of course, we have hurricanes. So I call it the hurricane mentality. When the quarantine started, it was kind of like, all right, let's get some booze and some chips and we're going to yeah. hunker down for a couple of days. Some ice. Get some let's ice. Do it. Yeah, get let's some do ice. It. And, you know, and, and then after three days, <laughs> when the booze and the chips and the ice runs out, it's like, right. wait, we're still quarantined. And so uh, the main, the real adjustment was um, the mindset of, uh, you know, I, we were stressed. My wife and I were stressed out because we were home with the kids. But how, how many times have we prayed for margin, for time with the kids? For you know, so it was this: the things that we were we were hoping for. There was this. There was no gratitude. So it was really just changing. You know, you hear the attitude of gratitude, and that's really what it was for us: is is changing the perspective and being able to pivot to say. Even though this isn't ideal, and we you know we had to shut, we didn't have to make the decision to shut down clinic for a few weeks when everything first happened and um it was like man what a great opportunity to spend time with the kids and so like i think most families bike rides and the weather initially was like such a gift i mean it it, it was beautiful weather so spending time outside that was the biggest adjustment is just changing the mindset you know yeah eric Adjustment attitude. Oh my gosh, man. Like, I feel like I, I feel like I have to adjust my attitude every single day. I think it's a constant, <laughs> I think it's a constant battle, you know, uh, Ben, you talked about coming back to New Orleans cause it's such a great city and I absolutely love the city, but it's, it's not an easy city. Sometimes it, it, it can be a hard, um, city. So just, I can't think of anything like a specific attitude adjustment, but I, I can say in general, there's this constant shift to remind myself that my attitude is really what's in my control. I can't control my client's reactions. Mm-hmm. I can't control the stock market. I can't control, there's so much that's out of my control that all I can control is my own attitude, how I approach things, my own perspective. And if I approach it with a a, a positive perspective, kind of that, that, that constant that constant challenging of an attitude that I'm going to set myself up for, for more success. You you were looking for something really, you were looking for something like juicy, something something juicy. No, that's all I got. What about you? You can't get away. You know, I, um, thanks. Yeah. Attitude adjustment. Um, you know, I, I've always loved the summers of New Orleans. I like the heat. I like to sweat. Um, but this summer has been really, really hot. And Brutal. so for me, it's been a, a challenging attitude adjustment and that it's hard to, to embrace the summer this summer. Um, but I have, I have tried to get up most mornings and get outside before it's too hot and, and get out before sundown in the evening, skateboard, ride my bike, go for a walk, something just to move a little bit and, and use. So my attitude adjustment has been the middle of the day. I can just hang out inside. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's even hot in the morning though, man. It is, it is brutal in the morning. It is. You got to get, you're, you're going to sweat. You have to be, yeah. it's like a multi shower season. You're going to take two showers a day. Minimum. Minimum. So 
One of the things that I hear a lot from clients um, is is trying to figure out a work-life balance. And uh, that's really what I want to talk today or spend the, the, the majority of our time talking today with, with Ben about how you found a, a work-life balance that works for you and your family. But uh, kind of going back to something you were saying, Ben, is that um, the pandemic and shutdown and being home has given people, given families a new opportunity to, to reconsider their work-life balance and their work life in, in balance to their home life. Um, and so I think that a lot of people right now are adjusting their attitude about what, how, how their work life needs to look. Uh, and businesses are adjusting their attitudes about how, how frequently employees need to be in or, or who, needs, who can work from home or who, can, who can't. Um, and so I think there's a lot of adjusting going on right now about this work-life balance. And I, I'm really encouraging my clients that it's an opportunity, unlike few of us have seen in our work life, to shift some things in a, in a really important and impactful way. And so that's really what I would like to, um, to talk to you guys about. Um, in thinking about work-life balance, I've been at work now for, for a couple of decades. Um, some of my f- family members are just getting their first jobs. Uh, so was, it's got me thinking about one of my first jobs. Uh, my first job was at a little Mexican food restaurant uh, where I cut onions and potatoes and delivered burritos. It was great. Loved it. What about you guys? What are some of your your earliest employments? Well, I'll, um, I'll jump in. I, um, one of my first uh, jobs was actually construction. I was a laborer um, for a commercial construction company. And I, I probably have learned more from that. It was it was the summer. And I continued to work construction throughout um, mm. while I was at LSU. But that, I learned more about um, life uh, accountability, responsibility, um, on that first job, um, yeah. than anything else. So, uh, it, that was a good one. Yeah. My, my, maybe my favorite earliest job was lifeguarding. So I was a, I was a lifeguard at, um, uh, for Nord. So that was a, that was a fantastic summer job. It was so much fun. What, what is the pool that you guarded at still, still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Berman uh, in Algiers. All right. Nice. Yeah. So Eric, I did. I lifeguarded for one summer, and they, they never asked me back after that. Man, I wonder if I didn't. Maybe it was when I fell asleep on the uh, in the chair. I was a little bit younger. Man, it was too it was attractive. Great. You're too attractive. <laughs> it, man, it was it was a lot of fun because like on um, there was a gym attached to the pool. So when the pool was closed, we were in the gym playing basketball. Man, I play basketball. You remember um. Herb Tyler, quarterback, oh, yeah. LSU. Yeah. So Herb, Herb was he's from Algiers, yeah. so he was he was in there. We'd be playing basketball. That guy could jump. Lord have he's mercy, athlete. he had some yeah. ups, dude. He was like way shorter than me and was dunking. It's oh, like <laughs> brutal. It's amazing. So getting now back to uh, our businesses now, and, and in particular, Ben, your business. Tell us a little bit about your business, uh, your work, and also your your kind of weekly work schedule. Yeah, so we, um, the sports chiropractic, I, I would call us a, hate to say, not mom and pop, but my wife, literally, you know, she does everything on the back end. I'm, uh, I'm in treatment and, um, managing on the floor, but we have, um, we have five employees and, uh, our main, you know, we have some certain core values 
that over the years, um, one of the, the great books that helped me was, uh, it's called Traction by Gina Whitman. I don't know if you guys are familiar. And they, um, you know, he talks about having a vision, the, the mission statement, the vision, and going into specific core values, one year, three year, five year. And that really helped us to establish what are our core values? What do we want to be known for? Um, not just in the chiropractic or healthcare world, but just in the business world. And so um, after several uh, weeks, months even, of just back and forth with my wife and I just kind of figuring this out, we came up with the main three core values are uh, service, integrity, and quality. And so um, we, we want all of our patients to know whether they're the professional athlete, the weekend warrior, or we'll see you know, people that, you know, everyone finds stuff on Google now. So people say, I Googled you, you had great reviews, and I'm here. And, you know, it's a 75-year-old uh, grandma. And so we treat well, we treat her like the athlete, too, because her sport might be running around with the grandkids. And so we want to always provide a good mm-hmm. service. Um, we want to, as a, um, as a staff member, a team member, do it with, with integrity. Um, and then, of course, the quality uh, should should just speak for itself that they know when they're coming in here, every patient is treated um, as if they're the only person here, and that there's there's nothing else that we as a team member, you know, we we, we train on. We step through the door of the office, uh, home stuff, you know, family stuff that all falls down, and we're we're focused on the task at hand. So um, that's that, that I think is the best way that I'd sum it up. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, what you're describing there is something I feel like I I experienced as a as a patient there. I mean, I felt like it was uh, the quality was excellent. I felt like uh, the service was excellent. I feel like you guys are really aware of uh, the the people's the the people in your care and their needs. Uh, and I love that illustration about if the you know whatever whatever sport you play, if that's chasing the grandkids, that that's your sport <laughs> and that's super important for that particular patient. So what about your, uh, in thinking about work-life balance, I actually do want to talk a little bit about uh, hours spent at work. So what about your, what is your work schedule? So I, I'm glad you asked that. I didn't, I didn't finish that, but we, we used to, I used to work Monday through Sunday. And when I first mm. started, I worked for another company um, that it was a lot of, it was just, hours and, and a lot of driving. And so, you know, when I, when I established, um, we went on our own and established um, Allied Chiropractic and Wellness, we really wanted to have a, a work-life balance. Ashley, my wife Ashley and I did. Um, but I also recognized, and it might have been traction, it might have been good to great uh, Jim Collins, but, it, you know, that there's a difference between starting a business and then sustaining a business. And so, you know, when we were starting, it was like, hey, I have to set up the software and the tutorial is going to last until midnight. And so it just is what it is. There's an event on Sunday morning. I have to be there at 5 a.m. to set up because I'm stretching the athletes after the race, whatever it is. But um, so some things have changed as the kids have gotten older. We added another another baby um, to the mix. And so all those things, it's not sustainable if, to me, if it's going to mean me taking time away from, I can't go to my son's basketball game because I'm working until seven o'clock every single night that, that that's not maybe for some people mm-hmm. that that is sustainable, but not for me. So 
the, the, the long answer to your question is we, I used to work at even clinic hours, Monday through Friday, eight to five. And since then we've actually gone, we do Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, full day. So eight, eight to five. Um, but we'll stay, we come in early and stay a little late as patients, you know, come and go at different yeah. times. Tuesdays we're here from uh, two to five, but there's some housekeeping that's done there and Fridays that we don't see patients. Um, but of course, as a business owner, you guys know you're never off the clock. Um, and so there's always something about what can we do? If you're not working in the business, you're working on the business. But as far as clinic hours go, we're Monday through Thursday. Um, uh, and, and we're eight to five and we've had some patients or even people like, you know, oh man, you, what are you doing? Fishing? Are you playing yeah. golf? Are you doing those things? And, um, you know, it, it's never because we're still putting in the hours yeah. if we added them up. Uh, probably close to 50 hours a week still. You're operating a business on those other times, right? Yeah, you're, right. You're, you're networking, you're finding new clients, you're, you're building out systems and processes, or you're continuing your education or, or it, you're right. right. It, it, it right. doesn't, it doesn't stop. So you mentioned, you mentioned traction a couple of times and that, that's perfect timing because by the time people hear this show, they will have heard another show of another business owner who is a, a big EOS fan, big traction fan. Yeah. Um, and it's a book that's influenced me. And one of the things, what I really like that Gino Wickman talks about in that book is sometimes it's important to build internally or grow internally before you can grow externally. And you talked about building systems and having systems in place, right? And then you're, you're seeing clients only three days a week. It seems like there's some intentionality to be able to get to that point. So I'm curious, talk a little bit about like, you know, you just didn't say, I'm just going to work Monday. I'm just going to see patients on these three days. Talk about like some of the intentionality that went behind the scenes to be able to do that. Yeah, that's really good. So it, I'll take it back um, five years, making a very prayerful decision to leave the company that I had started with since I graduated to kind of go out on my own. And it, I, I definitely, um, I'm a strong believer in God and the, the plans that he has for us are better than the plans that we have for ourselves. And so um, it, it, I do, I, I believe that I was called to, to kind of go out on my own. And so the way that when any, any decision that's made in the business, it's made um, getting into uh, in a scripture, you know, reading the Bible and, and then seeking good godly counsel on, on the best ways to, to go about that. And so with that being said, a good friend of mine who's much further along in his faith, um, about three years ago said, man, you, you know, it'd be great to have a satellite clinic. And I had been talking, my wife and I had been talking about opening up another clinic, man. We're, we've been in Metairie for a couple of years and we were living, um, on the North shore of Lake Pontchartrain for listeners outside of Louisiana. So we're on the North shore of Lake 45 minutes away from Metairie clinic. And he said, man, it'd be great. You know, you have, you've established relationships network. So we opened up the satellite clinic in, um, a couple of years after opening up uh, the Metairie Clinic, well, it went from uh, I was working five days a week, but I had some margin built in. So uh, we'd go in late on some days and leave early on some days so we could work um, on the business that, when we weren't working in it. And what that did is that, that opening up the satellite clinic ate up any margin that I had. And so not only did it eat up my day, but I got home and my, my wife and my kids were uh, getting my leftovers. And so... What ended up happening is we opened up the satellite clinic, we had a third baby, and 
we moved into a house that needed renovations. And so three major things all at once. And um, I think that it was very humbling because I, I don't, you know, I don't think anyone ever says, well, I'm a prideful person. And so I don't think of myself as being prideful, but I think innately, uh, maybe it's just uh, machine kind, mankind in general. But I was I was prideful in a sense of man I got that I put her on my back and I'm going to carry the team and and we're good and you know what I, I did that for probably about a year and I, it almost killed me I mean it was I was exhausted there was no you talk about work life balance Matt that there was no work life balance no balance um, yeah the, yeah the, there was there was no balance at all so uh, that's when another buddy another very godly man um, he. He let me know and he sat down with me and said, what, what would be the cost of you closing down uh, the, the, the satellite clinic? And I'm thinking numbers. So I started running numbers. And I'm like, well, the revenue is this. And he, and he stopped me. He said, I'm not talking about numbers. What's the what's the cost? What, if you keep the clinic open, what does the relationship with your wife look like? What does the relationship with your kids look like? Your other family, friends. Um, but But if you close it down, then what does that look like? for the job, the clinic and that sort of thing. And that was the first time that, um, you know, that, that everything comes with a cost was, was the biggest thing that, that came out of that. And I always go back to that. That was probably two, three years ago now that we had that conversation and everything comes with a cost. It costs you to, to work. It costs you to not work. It costs you to be at home. It costs you to be at work. Um, exactly. Everything comes with a cost, and you you went through a process. It sounds like of really evaluating those costs, and your yes. your fan. It sounds like your family was having to pay that cost in some way. Yeah, and I justified it, Matt, by you know saying, "Well, I'm, I'm providing for them, and they're going to appreciate this later." And another interesting thing happened when I was halfway through in a satellite clinic. We've been open for about a year. And, I met, this is such a divine appointment. An older chiropractor reached out to me, said, hey, I'd love to have lunch with you. I saw you just opened up a clinic. And so I had lunch with three chiropractors that had been practicing. One was like 20 years and the other was 30. I think the other one was like 35. And all of them said, but one question I had for them was, what was one thing looking back over your decades of experience that you could change? And all three of them in one way said, I wish I hadn't been worried about the numbers at work. And I wish I had spent more time with my family. And one of them had, you know, kind of in a strange relationship with his son. He was now in his thirties. And I, it was just, it was such a cool, like a, a glimpse into the future of, Hey, if you stay on this track on this road and you're, you're going, you know, you, you may be able to afford all the things you could ever want, but at what cost? Hmm. Yeah. I get to, um, just in conversations with, with older clients, I hear a lot of them say, if I only knew now what I what I knew 20 years ago, particularly when, when it comes to to savings. So I, I sit here just as a as a as an individual myself, I'm sitting here like, oh, I get to learn lessons from from all these people. Like, what are what are those things? What would you have wished if you could talk to yourself 20 years ago? What would you have right. told yourself? Um, it's always always interesting. So David Rock or John Rockefeller was asked once. This is anecdotal no one really knows if it's true or not but you know he's one of the richest man in, in all of history he was asked how much money is enough and his response was just a little bit more That's right. and, and, and i think for for business owners where we know that we could put more work in and generate more income it's being able to say what is what is enough 
How much is enough? That's a hard question to ask sometimes. Yeah, and you know, uh, I guess this is a question for both of you. You're both entrepreneurs. Uh, you're both um, balancing work and home well. Um, but culturally, a lot of men get the message that their value as a person is connected to their work, is connected to their income. A lot of men kind of adopt the idea that um, my way of contributing to my family is to be out there working and earning an income. And so my contribution is the, the amount of money I can put in the bank account. And so if you really get hooked into that idea, it, it's never enough. It's bottomless. I mean, you can always put more dollars into the bank account because you can always spend more money on stuff. You can always get a nicer boat, if you will. But you guys as entrepreneurs, how, how do you balance, um, you know, needing to earn an income, needing to put money in the bank account for your family, but also that kind of that less monetary, that less concrete, that, that less tangible cost or that less tangible contribution of the investment you're making in your family? How do you, how do you balance those? That's good. Eric, you want to go first? I'll let, I'll let you go, man. I want to hear from you. Yeah, I want to um, hear from you. I want to learn from you. <laughs> I, so, I only want to work. I just want to work three days a week too, man. I want to learn from you. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that it, you know, it's back to the um, everything comes with the cost. And so, and it's, you know, uh, biblically, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And Or you can put that, what good is it? For a man to gain the whole world and lose his wife or to lose his the love of his children or to lose his his health or, you know, I mean, you can go on and on and on with if it truly is when you, Matt, you're talking about the money thing. It's it's a bottomless pit. And so it when is enough enough? I think that um, where you put your your treasure is where you put your is where your heart is. And, and, and so. If we're so focused on strictly money, you could make all the money in the world and it still wouldn't be enough. So um, I guess to answer the, the question, and if I'm answering it incorrectly, let me know. But it's the the investment time with with a family, especially if it's intentional, um, to me pays dividends. And the work side is going to take care of itself. And I think back to that time with the, the, the satellite clinics, we didn't take a, a family vacation for like, it was about a year and a half. And we, I just kind of sat back and was like, man, the whole year plus went by with no vacation. And my wife was like, yeah. And the kids were a year older, you know, everything was one year removed and we hadn't done that because I hadn't been intentional. I was more intentional with, with work than I was with my own family. And that was a real punch in the gut. Um, because when we, when I take a vacation, it's not just the money that it costs for the vacation that we have to shut down the clinic. And so mm-hmm. in the back of my head, the business side is like, what about the money that you're, you're losing there? Um, and, and so, but I believe that, uh, again, that if I'm intentional with my family and I'm doing the right thing, that God redeems that time, um, and that it ends up being okay, um, on the back end. Yeah. I think, I think that it's really setting out priorities and values just asking yourself what what do you value because um, if you value and, and again this is we get we get a lot of messages especially as business owners you know you, you read a book like traction you read a lot of this entrepreneurial stuff and and what what our culture will champion is growth what our culture champions is 
big successful businesses with with you know uh, with employees. Um, and a conversation I have often with with some business owners is you don't have to be big to be profitable. Profit is not a measure of of size. You know, there's there's gross revenue, and then there's profit, um, mm-hmm. and what's in between is going to determine how much how much how you know how much money um, you make. But to, it comes back to asking yourself what you value. Like one of the things that I value that I think is as important as currency, and I've done a couple shows on this, is relationships. To me, relationships are important. At the end of the yes. day, take all my money from me, but if I've got good, close relationships, then I'm, I'm fulfilled. And then you start to think of, okay, what relationships are important, and am I pouring into those and building those? Uh, I've never heard anyone say, I wish I would have worked harder, right? That they're they're facing death, right? I've never, I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have made more money. It's always the opposite, like you said, Ben. Um, that, or, or some of the, the, the mentors that you've had have said, um, it's focus on, on your family. There is a really interesting podcast called um, How I Built It. It's a guy, Roz, I think it's on P, um, NPR. And there's an episode I remember vividly listening to. It was an entrepreneur, and I think it's the guy who, um, you know those carved fruit? Like you can go the little, you can order like carved fruit in different yeah. you know, shapes uh, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like like a fruit bouquet. A yes. fruit bouquet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this guy built this amazing business, and he's just talking about the growth that he had, and he's sharing along the way how he sacrificed his family, he sacrificed his marriage, and and he wasn't he wasn't talking about it like yeah, I built this business and sacrificed my marriage. It was it sounded like a little bit of of of, of brokenness, but still like championing this idea of this big business. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, was it worth it? Like I wish I could jump in and ask that question. Was it worth it? Yeah. So I think we need number one to surround ourselves with people who are going to keep us accountable, yes. and, and 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 ask us those questions and who know us. Um, but you're right, Matt. Like as men, the messages we're getting from our culture is bigger is better, make more money, success is money, wealth is yeah. mo- is, is 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 success. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, from afar, it's kind of easy to quantify success as being material goods. It look you know if you can look at your neighbor and they have something new and shiny, it looks it looks successful, but it's very, it's much harder to quantify healthy relationships and the quality of the relationships in the home. And just to kind of put a fine point on that, as a family therapist, I often work with clients who have tons of money and whose homes are awful or crappy or miserable or full of distress or full of discontent or full of contempt. Um, Money doesn't Money does not buy relationship success by any means. And, and in my practice, uh, you know, I've been at this for a while, so I've had the experience of working kind of at the, at the lower end of the, of the money scale and at the upper end of the, the financial echelon. And, man, distress is, is, is all throughout that. Health is all throughout that as well. Money, money does not correlate well with healthy relationships. Um, and so if you're an entrepreneur, like, like we are, um, and we, we are kind of driven towards building and growing and making, um, it sounds like all of us value also building and growing and making and strengthening relationships along the way and not, not to sacrifice any of that to make a little bit more money. So I've got a question for, for both of you. So as, as, as business owners, as people who know that if we put more time in, we can make more money. 
So as we're seeking this idea of, of work-life balance, do you plan your time? Do you kind of look at your 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 budget, if you will, and say, "Hey, I need a I need a I need to generate X amount of dollars for the household." If we're going to be able to fund all of our priorities, all of our bills, all of our all of our goals, I need to work X amount and kind of work your way back from there and see if it works out. Is that kind of how you you approach it? Yeah, I, I think that, and I've been listening to a couple of y'all's podcasts before coming on. I think. Um, one of the things that y'all are hitting on that I, I realized going through um, my wife and I did Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, it was the best marriage. <laughs> you know, it was, it's a financial seminar workbook. It was the best marriage thing we, we ever did. So agreeing on that. Yeah. So, yeah, Eric, to answer the question, we do. We sit down and we say, here's our fixed cost. And then here's what we want to do with the vacation or you know, these other maybe investments, whatever it is. And then we back out from there. Um, we, you know, what's, what's reasonable, um, basically, but, but that's come with time and we weren't always like that. So I think it's back to the intentionality of, of that. So we, we do that. Um, but, but it doesn't always translate into, Oh, we have to work this many more hours to make this much money. It's, um, you know, we don't equate money with happiness. And so it's kind of like, what are our goals reasonably? And then putting together some sort of blueprint or plan uh, to, to achieve that. Yeah, I, I um, used to do that a little bit more than I do now. Um, I will still look at like the household budget or, you know, what, what our fixed costs are, what we need to make and, um, figure out where that money's going to come from. That money doesn't all come now directly from my, my work, uh, where it used to be a little bit more dependent on the hour I spent in the office with a client. It's a little less that. One thing I, I think um, I can say, though, um, is that I tried to be really faithful to earning the, the amount of money my family needed, but not getting crazy about trying to earn a whole lot more. So earn what we needed and try to be faithful to that. And every year, new or different opportunities came along that I didn't see coming, I didn't budget for, I didn't plan for, that were additional revenue streams that have have padded that budget somewhat or created more margin or created more opportunity. So um, I used to do that a little bit more tightly, and, and today um, uh, it, it's not quite as dependent on my own hours, which is is nice too. Yeah. It's something I'm hearing from both of y'all, which I think is, is super important. This is a conversation I have, I have regularly is you got to align what you do with your money, with what you value. Ben, you said your, your, what are your treasures or where your heart is. And so often I see people are doing things with their money that doesn't, that it doesn't align with what they really want to accomplish. Um, but yet they're still, whether it's bad habits or bad decisions or, or whatever it may be, um, lack of good counsel. Um, there's this lack of, there's this misalignment. Here we go. We go back to a, a good, uh, chiro- chiropractic. Yes, no, no, <laughs> a good, no. there's this misalignment, right? They're, they're, they're misaligned. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes they're not even aware of it. Right. And it creates problems in relationships that, that, you know, Matt needs to, Matt needs to correct. Um, <laughs> Realign. Realign. Realign, right? One thing that I think is is very interesting and I've tried to be better about as I've uh, just throughout life is learning from others, um, their mistakes, but also their successes. And so 
there's been a few cautionary tales in, in really, I mean, my parents were divorced. I was 15. Um, and it was, um, for, for several reasons, but one of which is, was finances. And I think that there were just different values, but I have a lot of friends that are my age and even some that are younger that are either already divorced or, um, are kind of in, in that process. And I think that it comes back to, um, the, the values, but then also, um, the, being content, like Matt, you, you, you talked about when you're sitting down with couples and there's, they have all the money in the world, but there's discontent there. Um, and, and so it just, again, it, it boils down to what is, what's more important, you know, what's, what are you going to be able to take with you when, when you leave this life, right? You're not, <laughs> there's not a U-Haul behind the hearse, right? I mean, you're, there should be there should be you'd like that i'm daring you i got i got a lot of cool stuff yeah (laughs) all all your cds your uh (laughs) (laughs) that's right so yeah ben shifting topics a little bit i know we've been talking about balancing work and home and thinking about you know the cost of the cost to your family of you working more but you also have some other stakeholders and that you have uh you mentioned five employees earlier and so how do you balance as as an entrepreneur, business owner, it sounds like you're you're very thoughtful. You're um you try to be very wise about all this. You're it sounds like you you're aware of the needs of lots of different people. Um, how do you balance uh, the needs of your employees along along with all of this other kind of balancing? Well, I think that comes from the um, the experiences I've had in the past, specifically with the the. Um, more of a corporate feel with the job that I was at before where it really wasn't about the people, whether it was the patients or the employees, it was all about the bottom line, which was the dollar. And unfortunately what I saw was a lot of burnout and a lot of of turnover. Um, And that was one of the things that even coming out of school, not knowing anything about anything, turnover, high rate of turnover in a business seemed to be bad. And I know now is usually a sign that there's, um, the health of the business is, is at, uh, at risk. So it, taking that experience and realizing that, um, that they're not just uh, a worker or a staff member, but they're, they're maybe a wife or um, a daughter or a brother. So, you know, so really looking at the person as a whole and understanding that, I mean, realistically, if, you know, if you didn't get a good night's sleep, then the next day is probably not going to be your, your best day or you were feeling under the weather or, you know, so understanding that they're, um, they're not just a body at, in the clinic for however many hours a day, but they're, they're also a soul and they have other needs that, um, that need to be met. So being sensitive to that, I'm very thankful for my wife because she is much more sensitive and in tune that than I am. You know, I'm more of a D personality on the disc, like let's just push, push, push. And she's like, no, hold on. Let's, let's just, you know, so she's a lot of grace and I've, I've learned to extend more of that. So I think that's, that's been the biggest key. Um, and, uh, and treating really every team member like family, you know, whether it's a little, like treating them like like a little sister or a little brother. Um, and that, you know, if you think about how would you want your children or your brother or sister to be treated, and and that's that's the angle that we approach it. From. Mm-hmm. Hey, just uh, I want to shift gears a little bit. One one of the things that we have been talking to business owners about and want to continue to talk about is the the effect of 
COVID and the pandemic on your business. And, you know, we're kind of calling it the, the, the COVID pivot or the COVID shuffle we're thinking about. Uh, Not to be confused with the uh, Cupid shuffle. We'd like yeah, to come up you. with a dance. We uh, please we're working on a dance, please. but in terms of the COVID <laughs> pivot, you know, what, what changes did your business have to make? Um, how, what was your COVID experience? Well, as you know, in chiropractic and just, and we're also incorporating rehab, massage, stretches, different things. So we're hands-on. So there's no remote mm-hmm. uh, working. Um, but we, we took the precautions. We, we pulled everything out of the clinic. So when everything in end of March, you know, flattened the curve and we were considered essential. So we didn't have to shut down, but we felt that our responsibility because we were in Jefferson on the Orleans Parish line. And it was just a, it was a hot spot. You remember when everything first kind of happened out here. And so we shut down for, we were going to do two weeks. We decided to do four weeks. Um, and so we pulled everything out and we just sanitized everything. We, we spread out a lot of the equipment so that there was no cross contamination. So we did all the things um, in terms of uh, ramping up the, the cleaning um, frequency and things like that. But I think that, you know, because people even now, four or five months later, are very uh, anxious about touching or hands on or should we stay at home? What should we do? One of the, the, the pivots that we've recently talked about is being able to um, educate not just our patients, but also um, we'll, we'll do outside events, maybe for teachers, you know, family that are teachers or d- different things on what you can do to um, help support your immune system during this time. Um, the, uh, the masks and the stay home, the isolation is, is one part of helping uh, to control the spread. But because COVID seems to be ubiquitous at this point, it, it's not if, but when we're going to come into contact with it. So how can we educate and help um, on, on how to build the immune system? So the pivot for, for us, the conversation, the narrative um, is not about, hey, let, you're, you're not going to get COVID if you do all these things like you're if there's a good chance you're going to come in contact with it, how will your body be able to deal with it um, mm-hmm. and helping, helping people that way? One, one pivot then is uh, producing some educational materials in, in some form or fashion that help educate your clientele and, and others, potential future clientele, about protecting themselves while we all try to stay safe. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, you were closed for four weeks, so I imagine that you were home a lot more. How did that affect your, your work-life balance while you're not at work? I never loved work more. I never wanted to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, for the, just when the when the alcohol ran out at home. I'm just you kidding. Do you make, make after, excuses after to go to work? Days. After yeah, three after days. After three days. I'm like, oh, all that paperwork. I, I was going 35 for, for the record, for the record, For the record, that is not the way to be able to fight and not catch COVID by, by drinking all your alcohol in three days, Ben. That's... That, that is true. And I, I can't confirm or deny that that happened, Eric. But um, the, uh, so um, the work-life balance was, uh, of course, shifted at, at that point. Um, but... I did find myself very thankful back to the attitude of gratitude. All the things that bothered me about work um, all of a sudden did bother me because all I wanted to do or hope for was open back up because mm. as y'all know, bills are always going out. Money's always going out. Bills have to be paid. When you don't have anything coming in, it, it is, it's very, um, it, it can be very scary. So I'm very thankful that we were 
able to um, to, to rebound and um, you know I'm, I'm very thankful that we were able to open back up and do what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, it. it uh, I think we're all grateful for the work that we can do at this point. You know, acknowledging not everybody has those opportunities, and just just very thankful for. The ability to be at home, the ability to slow down, the ability to reconfigure our schedule to some extent, but definitely the ability to still have income and, and make some money. Um, as we're wrapping up, um, I, I want to give you the opportunity when you're thinking about work-life balance, the business that you've built, um, the home that you've built, uh, the marriage that you built. What are you, what are you most proud of as a, uh, an entrepreneur, business owner? but also a, a husband and a dad, what are you most proud of in terms of your work-life balance? You've made, you've made some very strategic choices about when to be in the office and when not to be in the office. What, what are you most proud of with that? I think the biggest thing, well, at, at the house, and of course I could be better with all of this thing, but with all of these things, but um, being intentional with each individual, my, my, my ages and my kids are kind of spread out, teenager, seven-year-old and two-year-old. And so really being able to take the teenager, hey, we're going to go do this together. Um, the seven-year-old, hey, we're going to go do that together. Um, and then with my wife, like just literally saying, hey, we're going to get a hotel room for just one day so that you don't have to worry about anything at home, any, you know, the kids, and we're going to get a sitter. Or we're just going to do, and we've done that before. And it's amazing you can be able to reconnect in those yeah. 12 or 20 hours of um, just not having to worry about cutting the grass, doing the dishes. So the intentionality and, um, and making memories with them. Um, and, and then as far as work goes or in the business, really just we always say we want to do it the right way. So we you know, I talked about those core values, but also the, the niche. You know, we, we talk about we want everyone to know all patients know that we care, we listen, and we get results for them. And so what that entails is that if someone comes in and um, whatever it is, again, they're the most important person there at that time, no matter what else is going on. So that boils down to doing it the right way. They're not just a number. They're not just um, a dollar. They're, they're a person. And so if we can't help them, then we refer them out. And so some people in the business world might say, well, dude, you're – Man, you're, you're certainly not, uh, if you're not seeing patients, you're not making money. But if that, if we send that patient somewhere else and they got more help than, uh, than, than we could give them, then we're, we did the right thing. And so I think that, again, God honors that. Um, and so that would be regarding the work life balance, um, you know, looking into being able to hire, um, another chiropractor so that I don't have to, be tied to the, um, to the business all the time. Um, yeah. and then, and, and being able to cut it off, you know, when work stays at work and when I'm at home, I can give them a hundred percent. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and change the topic here. Um, just as we wrap up, cause I know that you have patience to see, cause this is one of your days where you see, this is like one of the days you work. Um, yeah, yeah, this is just, <laughs> one of the few days when, you know, I'm not, man, I just met you. I just met you. And I'm, I, this is rough, man, huh? He makes fun of my he makes fun of my work schedule too. He it's it's all envy. 
is really what is that is that what it is man you know it's funny everyone says that that i don't work so i don't you know it's just kind of you know i just just, three guys who don't work look a day in the life that's matt man my day starts at four in the morning and so i I love it i love it this could be like bring your friend to work day so next next wednesday i'm gonna go to work with ben and then you can come to work with me on friday i Um, love it so 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 you two met each other doing crossfit okay So about right. a year, about a year and a, a little over a year ago, my back, I, man, I had terrible back. I hurt myself playing football in high school. And then every so often, like it just comes back and it's just, it's terrible pain. And for about like six months, seven months, like I was just fighting lower back pain, went to the chiropractor, went to physical therapy and realized that I needed to, to, to do something else. I need to get back into getting fit. So I just like literally just joined CrossFit about a year ago. And I was against CrossFit for so long because it just it just seemed like such a brutal sport, if you will. So you're a chiropractor. CrossFit's rough, man. Like it can be it can be rough. So talk to me a little bit as we close out. Just um, how do we stay safe doing CrossFit and not I, yeah, injure that, ourselves? That's a great question. I get asked that question a lot, and um, it's funny because before I found CrossFit, I was doing some half marathons, training for a full marathon, some triathlons and trying to extend the distance to uh, do a full Ironman. And I, I kept getting injured in the 26.2 mile distance. And then when I would go over certain miles on the bike or in the, um, in, in the pool. And so um, it's interesting because you could talk to a hundred different doctors about CrossFit and get a hundred different opinions, the same thing in any other sport. And so when I started CrossFit, a lot of people are like, oh, man, I bet you, you love CrossFit because you, you so many injuries and people come to see you. And I tell everyone the same story, man. When I was doing triathlons and marathons, I saw a lot of runners and a lot of triathletes. And doing CrossFit, I see CrossFit mainly because they know that we're going through the same suffering. And if, uh, if, if they're going to explain that they can't do uh, a snatch, then, then they know that I understand what, what a snatch is. So to answer your question, you have to make sure that your um, your function foundationally, you're you're at as close to your 100% as you can be optimally performing. So um, I think that in, in trying to correlate it to maybe something in the financial world, if someone can't balance their, uh, their budget, their checkbook, you're probably not going to be talking to them about any sort of in-depth, um, maybe investments or formal care. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's foundational, fundamental things that have to be correct. And in the, in the, the CrossFit world, Eric, you, you got to be able to move properly before you can load. If you start loading and, and putting, adding weight and you're moving improperly, then that, that's a recipe for disaster. So you're sitting at your desk all day and then you try to go uh, max effort and you deadlifts and you're not warming up or stretching, you're going to get hurt, you know? Yeah, that's something that I've noticed is what you see you on that? TV. <laughs> what yeah. you see on TV is not necessarily what you get in the gym. It's almost like it's almost like me saying, "Hey, y'all want to go play football this weekend?" Look at the kids, and you're like, "Yeah, you're not. You don't have a picture of your mind of 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 the Saints versus Atlanta. You have right. we're gonna be at the park. We might you, we might have flags. We might do two hand touch. That's what you're picturing. But for some reason, when I say CrossFit, you're you're thinking like flipping tires and Arming ropes and you know, uh, yeah. kipping chin ups, which I, I feel like someone's arms are going to fall off sometimes when I watch them watch them do that. <laughs> but that's not that's not what you actually get when you go to the gym. Uh, right. It's so scalable. Uh, exactly. I, I know for me, 
I know for me, since I've been doing it, I actually hurt less. I mean, I hurt intentionally. Good hurt. Right? Yeah. Sore. Sore. You're sore. It's the, yeah. it's the cost. It goes back. There's a cost to everything. Do I want to hurt because I have no choice but to hurt? Or do I want to hurt and I want to choose the way that I want to hurt by working out and, and strengthening? That's uh, it. That's it. Real, yeah, Eric. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ben. I was just going to say, they, um, I know I mentioned a couple of books. Uh, one of my favorites, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and Stephen Covey talks about the quadrant of, you know, it's, it's urgent or emergent. He uses health, actually. So if you're not urgent about your health, like if you're not in the gym working out, doing things, then it could be months, years, or decades later, it's going to be an emergent situation because you're going to have a heart attack or you're going to have some sort of cholesterol. There's So you're basically you're doing the things now to um, set yourself up for success uh, later on. And so, um, man, Eric, I want to encourage you in, in the gym, man, continue, uh, continue pressing in, continue doing those things. And then um, one day we might see you on ESPN, man, lifting. No, man, that's... Things, huh? You know, I watch the CrossFit games, and every time the commentator, it's like there's like an athlete who's six three, and the commentator always says, "Man, this is this is a hard workout for for a tall guy." Well, he's doing really good for a tall guy. So CrossFit favors the short, so that's how I get around. I can't do that exercise. I'm too tall. It's built in excuse. It's great. Yeah, I'm too tall. It's great. You know, my my CrossFit story. You mentioned Ben and I met at CrossFit. Uh, Ben, you were actually the first person at the gym that came up and introduced yourself to Come me on, and, and like welcomed me. And uh, I mean that that made all the difference for me. I, that felt like okay, I can I can come here, that's, I can come back again. Sweet. So yeah, that's nice. That's really helpful. That. Dude, I appreciate yeah. that. The community and Eric, I'm sure you've yeah. experienced that too. That's yeah. one of the best things about CrossFit, no doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah, you know, Matt, Matt's talking about the COVID pivot. Our our gym, when when the um, when lockdown happened. We started um, home workouts, and our our gym owner broke broke the gym up into squadrons, and each squadron had teams. So team leaders, I was a team leader. Each team was responsible for you know four or five people on their team to do the workouts, and we had weekly challenges that were outside of the workout. Um, and so the community community is big, and that's the thing. I, the yeah. reason I joined a gym was because I was a I was at one of the ten dollar a month gyms, and I never I never went. It was right. it was it was. I had no accountability. Exactly. That's the word, the accountability. That's amazing. Well, we're all trying to figure out uh, this work-life balance. And, and you know, the last few minutes we've been talking about the importance of, of our own health. As and, and I do really think about that as part of my work-life balance. As a counselor, I sit all day long. And so I think about I, my body needs to be in shape to sit comfortably for a long time. Um, if I'm going to be sitting for a long time, I need to be stretched out and 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 exercised in a way that I'm going to be comfortable. And then also, I think about I have a growing family, and I want to be able to snowboard with them for a long time and run with them for a long time and chase them around for a long time. And so part of me going to the gym every day, part of having that process in the system of getting to the exercise facility regularly is it because it aligns with my values of being able to do my work well and to be able to chase my kids to be able to beat them in tennis and stuff like that that's that's really what i want yeah you don't want the young bucks you know in your household trying to think that they can beat you at things and puffing out their mm-hmm. chest 
sometimes you got to take the knees out, man. You know, yeah. sweep the leg. Yeah. Take them down. Sweep the, take, leg. Sweep the leg. So this, uh, this show, as you all know, is all about building us. And part of building us uh, is enjoying our work, but balancing it with enjoying our home and feeling at peace and feeling productive in both places. I mean, what, what a... What a goal to aspire to is being able to be productive and peaceful in the locations in which you're at. So that's all part of building us. Eric, you have any closing words? Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of, Ben, it's been great. Just this is the first time that we actually exchange verbal words. We've, we've exchanged a couple emails and it's, uh, I'm always, I'm always happy to meet new people who I know, um, you know, can have an influence in my own life I can, that I can learn from. It's always fun. It's, it's that as iron sharpens iron, right? We, we make each other better. We make, our, we make each other uh, stronger. And one of the, a couple of things that I, that, I'm, that I took away from the things that you said were, number one, intentionality. Like, you, you seem to be very intentional. The fact that you only see patients three times a week is because you put work in to be intentional. Uh, very purposeful, I think, is important. And everything comes back down to a plan is that you took the time to have a plan and now you're just executing your plan. Um, and that takes work and that takes, that takes leadership, uh, that takes persistence. Um, but then uh, the, the kind of the final thing that, that I love just kind of in your stories is the accountability or the people who spoke into your life, who, who challenged you, who mentored you. Um, you know, I like to say there, there's wisdom in the counsel of many right? Seeking advice and seeking counsel is, is good. Um, obviously as a financial advisor and financial planner, I believe this when people seek me out, that's a good thing. When people seek Matt out as a, as a therapist, that's good. When people seek out a, a chiropractor for their health, that that's a good thing. Um, so that accountability that's surrounding yourself. So thanks, man. Thanks for sharing your story. Appreciate that. Man, well, thank y'all for having me. And I just want to, again, say that what y'all are doing here to marry the the couples to the, the nice. financial side. I mean, it is, it, it's a, I don't know if it's a hole, a gap, but I listened to, you know, how y'all started and everything. It's amazing. So I hope God continues to bless y'all. Y'all are doing wonderful, wonderful work. And so um, thank you for the opportunity and for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, man. And, and listen to our, our listeners. If you need great chiropractic care, uh, Allied Chiro Chiropractic and Wellness in Metairie is a, is a wonderful place. If you like some of the core values that he was talking about, like service, integrity, results, uh, you know, check him out. Um, uh, Dr. Ben, it's, it's been great to, uh, to befriend you, to become friends with you, to be a patient of yours, and to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thanks. And, and as we always say, you know, invest in your relationships. It's all about building us. Man, thank y'all so much, guys. Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit drmattmorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated. 